the only other thing would be another thing that I try to tell my students or people who are about to to head out into their real adult lives and that's hoping that everybody goes forth and tries to find their place and doesn't doesn't just stay where they are if they don't feel it's right but there's a place out there for everyone Hello again, friends. Thank you very much for joining me here on the Wisdom of the Wilderness podcast. My name is Greg, and I'm your host, where each week we share wisdom gained from time spent in nature with a dose of inspirational and empowering stories of everyday people moving through uncharted territory, both literal and figurative. I hope you're as excited as I am to hear what we've got for you this week. Why don't we get started? Hey, all right. Thanks for joining me again, friends. It is Greg here with the Wisdom of the Wilderness podcast, and I am enjoying a nice sunny winter day. A little bit chilly, bare feet in the grass, sun in my eyes. It has finally become sunny here. It has been a lot of rain and cold for the last little bit, but it is now uh, sunny and cold, which is a nice change. Nice to feel that sun on my skin, get some vitamin D, synthesizing and building my immune system. It is fantastic. I am happy. All right, we have a neat episode today. It's going to be me talking a little bit about some lessons I learned when I was the first responder for my own head injury. Crazy stuff, right? I know. So without any further ado or uh, much in the way of introduction, I'm just going to jump right into it. Car crashes are not necessarily what anyone has on their to-do list. It's pretty unlikely that in your daily, weekly, monthly, or yearly planning, a total car in the snowstorm in the middle of nowhere is uh, something that you really want to be doing. Uh, Now, that said, uh, car crashes can happen at any point, and someone may find themselves in a situation like I was where... You're in a car wreck, there's no cell phone service, it's snowing, and you got to try and figure stuff out as best you can and manage it uh, without any experience with it. So a lot of things I learned through that situation I thought might be beneficial to anybody listening out there that may also find themselves in some type of similar situation or blow a tire on a dirt road in the middle of nowhere. Not that that's ever happened to me. Or uh, run out of gas somewhere, uh, be in a car wreck somewhere, just anywhere where you might be a little bit further away from any type of assistance and might have to figure stuff out on your own. So without any further ado, I'm going to highlight some of the things that I learned being a patient and my own rescuer that may help someone else, um, especially if a head injury. This is not specific to head injuries, but uh, that was what the article is written for. Uh, And then I'm also going to talk a little bit after that about some of the general things that I have learned in the intervening years. This happened in November of 2015 in the Kootenai Mountains of BC. So definitely learnings in this article. And then there's stuff that I put together afterwards. So just some some bullet points, some of the things that were immediately what happened. Uh, As a patient or as someone who's in a car crash, stuff happens fast. Now, even five years later, six years later, coming up on six years later, I remember some of the details, but I don't remember all of the details. I know that it happened a lot faster than I thought. I had stopped at a little rest area. I had just got back on the road. I wasn't even on the road for two minutes. It was snowing. It was an abrupt transition from rain to freezing to snow. 
there was a lot of snow at the pass, the summit that I was approaching. Uh, I was pretty lucky because I was nowhere near the speed limit speed that was posted. And I had, again, just started driving after a stop. So I had a little bit of mental break. Um, I felt like I was more awake. And things, oh my gosh, happened pretty fast. In the stretch of maybe, maybe five seconds. Don't even know that. Uh, the back end of my car slid out and I have had had being the operative word had an all-wheel drive uh that was disconcerting uh i most of the way got the handling back so i thought but i overcorrected by thinking a bajillion things and ended up sliding off uh through two lanes of oncoming traffic to then bash into a sign and then bash into a rock face and then the car spun around so it actually looked like i had just slid off the road driving the other direction uh, but stuff happened fast, so time felt like it slowed down, but I really don't know because I was aware, hyper-aware, hyper-focused on so many things. There's vehicles coming, there's snow over here, there's snow over there. There's a lot going on, but it happened quickly. So going further, as a patient, uh, when something happens, it, it's imperative, it's important that you can communicate what happened to the best of your ability and what you remember and what you don't. There were some things that I didn't remember. Um, I have no, had no recollection of actually hitting my head. Uh, I remembered sliding across the road. I remember the feeling of going from the road into the big snowbank and then feeling the impact of the sign, feeling the impact of the rock spinning around, but I didn't actually remember hitting my head. Uh, I didn't think I'd been unconscious, so it in no way entered my mind to mention that. Oops. Uh, I just remembered I hit my head on the um, the, the, the headrest, actually, because I, I watched the airbag inflate and then deflate. That was fascinating. Uh, yeah. Uh, one thing that I didn't do, which I'm sure there's a variety of reasons, uh, I didn't mention that I was scared. I didn't think that it was a traumatic experience. Uh I thought I was ANO by four, so awake and oriented to person, place, time, and events. I knew where I was, I knew what I was doing, I knew where I was going, knew my name, knew all that stuff, knew the time, um, but I, at no point did it dawn on me to mention like, hey, I have no idea what to do with my car that's um, pretty clearly totaled right now. Uh, I don't know anybody within uh, about a, a six hour radius of where we are. Uh, that ain't so great. Uh, oh yeah, it's it's now a snowstorm. Uh, how do I deal with any of this? I am totally overwhelmed with everything. I was just trying to make the best of it, and I was actually laughing and joking with some of the people um, until some of the things were said. But we don't need to go into that. Uh, next thing I learned as a patient is get thoroughly checked out. Um, this is a hard one to write and talk about, um, so I'm just going to do it. But as I mentioned, I just remembered I, you know, feeling my head and shoulder hit the seat rest on the right side. I had no reason to suspect that I had been hit my head that hard, uh, potentially even been unconscious. Uh, it wasn't until symptoms developed a couple days later that someone's like, uh, we actually strongly suspect that now you have a concussion. Um, I had neck, rib, and shoulder pain. That was pretty immediate. Uh, but at the time, I had no headaches, I had no nausea, I had none of the symptoms associated with the concussion. I just had, 
you know, hey, you got whiplash, right? Uh, so I'd recommend getting checked out um, when first responders arrive, or if you're feeling uncertain, uh, if you can get in to to see somebody, talk to a trusted friend, make sure that you are okay. Uh, the next one's kind of tied to that is if you're experiencing anything after a car crash, go and see somebody, uh, ask for help, get help. I can't go into specifics about anything because people live in so many different places. Um, and if it is an insurance deal or uh, if it's uh, socialized or public health care, everybody has different ways that things work. Um, but just go and do things. Um, I thought it was okay. I actually didn't do anything. I didn't take any type of painkiller. Uh, it was, gosh, over a week before I could actually get into, because of how the healthcare works, all the stuff I had to do, uh, a week before I could see anybody. Um, that was annoying. Um, but, you know, it turns out there actually was a head injury, so time might have been, for me, it worked out. Uh, but, you know, time can be of the essence with these things. Um, so yeah, make sure that that yourself checked out and you know what all is going on. Um, the last thing I can share as someone who has been uh, on both sides of the first responder equation is um, to thank the people that come out. You know, where I was injured and where the car crash happened uh, is not super remote, but it was a ways from the nearest town. It was almost equidistant between dots on a map. Uh, they did not have the, you know, hundreds of fire personnel available to come and do CPR or check you out or respond or jaws of life, anything. Uh, you know, it was smaller communities. So wh whether or not it's people in a big city, it's people in a rural area, it's your volunteers, it's your neighbors who may have no training, um, thank people that come out there because they are traveling, they are taking a chance to come out and help you. And there's legitimate dangers involved in getting the patient getting back safely. Um, you know, as I mentioned, it was starting to snow. It was some point at least 90 minutes after anything happened that responders actually got there because my experience was there was no cell phone service. So I was for a while standing by the car trying to wave down traffic. That's a really, really bad idea. Uh, I will talk about that in a little bit. Um, but wave somebody down and then just had, you know, hey, can you please just call, report it? Uh, I have no idea how to deal with it, but whoever's coming out, they can help me with that. Um, ended up getting a big response, but, you know, saying thank you to those people that were then driving through now heavier snow conditions. The road conditions were worse. Uh, There's less people. It was now dark. It was already freezing. Uh, those are That's a lot more stuff. You can be driving a big fire truck or a big tow truck. It's challenging conditions to drive in. Um, nothing is ideal. So just simple, you know, being kind, being polite, uh, saying please and thank you to people can go a really long way. All right. Uh, now, as a responder, um, you know, this experience really prompted me to think about how I could be a better first responder if those situations came up with the certifications that I have, um, how I could assist somebody that may be in it. Because, you know, it's one thing to take a woofer class and pretend that you're a victim and know that the person is, you know, going to be sitting right beside you as soon as you're done and you can debrief stuff. Uh, it's a totally different ball game when you're showing up somebody you don't know them you don't know, have any idea what's going on there's only so much you can learn taking a class where you know that at the end of it someone's going to pull off the stage blood and be fine um, 
So your first responder, do a thorough and complete patient assessment for anybody. Um, check and see what they're doing, uh, especially if you've got a head injury, you know, mild head injury even. Uh, monitor people. Pay attention. Just just find it. Find out what happened. Uh, get all the details, get information, and write it down. It's having some documentation um, can be useful, especially if you're doing with insurance stuff or health plans or anything like that, because everybody loves paperwork. Um, but you know, in whatever setting it is, just being seen by somebody, uh, getting all those things checked off, uh, that's good. Also, as a responder, uh, empathy is a huge, huge benefit. Um, being kind, being polite, being respectful, that goes a really long way. And at the same time, uh, being mean, being rude, being arrogant are not conducive to communication, to working together, to do anything, you know? Um, Definitely, granted, it can be irritating as a patient to continue answering the same questions over and over for an hour from different people. Uh, also, as a responder, you want to make sure that things aren't changing, that you're picking up on vital signs changing or level responsiveness changing, stuff like that. So it, it's a fine balance, but being respectful and polite I feel is much more important than doing everything correct and by the book and exactly step by step in whatever system it is that you learned. Um, there's always room for improvement. There's always room and there's always ability to have a human connection. It's ultimately a person that you are helping, that you are treating. Uh, it's not an a robot, a piece of steel rod, whatever it might be that's not sentient, like it's someone with feelings that may be hurt and may be scared. So having empathy is fantastic. And for me, that experience of having so many responders uh, all over the board of empathy for the situation really gave me a lot more respect and reminded me to how I can, how I want to act and how I will act if I am in the responder situation. Uh, after that, um, yeah, kind of tied together, maintain a positive attitude towards the patient. Um, you know, being being combative or uh, confusing or just rude overall is an unnecessary addition of stress and confusion to somebody, um, especially if responders are coordinating care or different things are happening and communicating things. Um, it can take a while for someone to actually open up. Um, especially after accidents and things like that happen. Um, so yeah, st staying positive, staying upbeat. Uh, the last thing anybody needs in a first responder situation is have someone tell them they're stupid or they're an idiot or you don't know what you're doing, blah, 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 whatever it might be. That is not at all conducive to working with someone who needs assistance. Uh, responder, take and assess vital signs. Um, that's, yeah, that's important. Take and assess vital signs and engage the patient you know uh, as i mentioned for me i was traveling through unfamiliar territory that was the first time i had ever driven that road i then uh got to drive a rental vehicle back to pull stuff out of the wreckage of my car and then drive the rental vehicle back through that again so i ended up driving that stretch of road three times but i had no idea what was out there and because my car was totaled and i ended up needing to spend the night somewhere i had no idea i was like uh where do I stay in this town? Where do I go and try and get food at 7.30 at night? Maybe this motel's got something. 
Uh, most of the stuff that I need is still in my car. I've got the bare minimum with me. Uh, where do I go? Is there a clinic if there's any symptoms coming up? Is there a hospital? Like there's, there's a lot of stuff. So just engaging the patient. And this isn't something you necessarily have to do by duty of care or even as a good Samaritan, but it's super helpful to treat someone as a person, to ask questions, to to help if you can. Um, again, there was one responder that was fantastic that helped out. There was a couple that were just kind of felt like it was a job. I was another check mark off of something and didn't necessarily make, yeah, wasn't worth speaking to. In any event, uh, that was my experience, and I don't want to share any any more parts about that, but I did want to talk a little bit about some of the other things that I've learned since then, because like I said, that was basically a summary of what I had written for an article that was published to an internal um, staff newsletter about that, but there were a lot more things that I learned in the aftermath and that I put together afterwards that have been helpful for me. So, you know, part of that was around being a first responder, but part of it, that big empathy part, right? You never know who's in what situation where. And remembering that and recognizing that, you know, I've mentioned a couple times, I end up giving directions to people a lot. Uh, even if I don't live anywhere where I am, I get asked for directions all the time, or people think I work in the store or at the place I am. It's kind of bizarre. Uh, but being kind and compassionate, and if you don't know, say you don't know. Not a big deal. Uh, another thing I learned in the aftermath was to be prepared. Um, I did an episode about this earlier, about things that I travel with in my vehicle. And for me, uh, partly you know the, the self-sufficiency aspect, partly living and traveling in the places that I have in all seasons, are just things that I'd picked up. So I always have extra water in the car. I always have snacks where might not be the most appetizing food, but I could get by for a few hours. I could get by for a day with stuff that is that is in my car, in the glove box or in the back. Uh, I always travel with at least a wool blanket in the car. Um, I've got gloves and a toque, beanie, toboggan, winter hat, skull cap, whatever you'd like to call it, whatever the lingo is where you're listening from. That's always in my car. Um, I keep an old rain jacket in my car and a poncho just in case because, hey, changing a tire in the pouring rain isn't the most exciting thing if you're getting soaked, you know? I try not to drive with less than a third of a tank of gas, uh, just in case, hey, something might happen. I have ended up being stuck on the side of the road for uh, wrecks for up to 10 hours at a time. And uh, yeah, that, that can be uh, pretty challenging and frustrating when you are in the middle of nowhere on a mountain highway with nowhere to turn around or nowhere to go. Uh, again, with the the preparedness or the the self sufficiency, you know, I'm um, learning taking a first aid course if you're if you're going to be somewhere where you may be the first person to come up onto an accident. You may be someone who ends up responding to something happening in your car. Uh, you may just happen happen upon it. You know, um, being aware of weather conditions and changing weather conditions, knowing a little bit about what to look for or where to find a forecast or where to check on road conditions through, um, does it 511, I think in some states and provinces, the road reports, uh, I think some of the, some of the apps now have that built in or included, um, 
there, there's a lot of places you can go to find information for where you're traveling. Um, knowing the capabilities of your vehicle or being familiar with your vehicle is a big one if you are traveling in any type of weather condition or anything else. You know, the, the vehicle I was in uh, had an Outback. I loved my Outback. I was the, well, somebody drove my car for about 30 miles once and somebody else for about 100 miles once. Uh, otherwise, it was me. I was the only person who drove it. I knew what the car would do on ice. I knew what the car would do on snow. I knew what the car could do on the road. I knew what it could do going uphill, downhill. I knew the car inside out. So I don't, I don't know. I can't say. But, you know, feeling something's not right just before the back end came up, like that was, I was aware of that. And then, hey, wow, I got no traction in the back end and we're starting to spin. That's not good. Um, but being aware, being familiar with it and knowing, knowing and anticipating. Uh, another thing I can add for driving, um, I went to driving school when I was younger. So one of the things I will always remember from learning when I was 16 is don't be looking directly in front of you. Look five or 10 seconds ahead or even further as far as you can see because whatever's right in front of you, you can't control and you may not be able to maneuver out of the way. So no point in worrying about it. But you can see, hey, there's a bunch of brake lights. Oh gosh, yeah, quarter mile ahead, a half mile ahead, a mile ahead, whatever it is. You know, there's a slowdown, there's a there's an animal on the road, whatever it might be. If you're hyper focused just on what's directly in front of you, you miss out on stuff that you can avoid or plan for or move around. Um, I guess the the biggest one too, yeah, but just just to be if you are in a situation like that, or you are, you do come across uh, a car wreck or something, you know, if you've got first aid supplies with you, that's great. If you can help out and you're comfortable and confident helping out, even if you just go up and you know ask if there's something you can do or if there's someone you can call, um, you know, there's a there's a lot of emotions and feelings and things that happen in an incident. And a lot of stuff can get forgotten. And a lot of people, it's a lot of overwhelm if you're the one experiencing it or looking at most of the stuff that you own in the back of a car that's now in a snowbank and you're trying to figure out what to do or where to go. Uh, another thing I will add is, uh, I guess, situational awareness a la Archer, if you will. Um, I mentioned that one of the things that I did was I stood by the car in the snow and was uh, flagging down traffic for a little bit, trying to get somebody to stop and then make a call for me when they got cell reception to, you know, call the local first responders and have them come out. Um, yeah, so that's actually not a great idea. Um, there were several people that stopped, many people that stopped, actually. Uh, the first ones were actually all moms driving kids. Uh, there are number of number of males that didn't stop. Uh, there were a couple of people that stopped to yell at me. Uh, and then there was a number of kind of like gently concerned mothers um, with kids in the car. Uh, you know, hey, are you okay? Do you need anything? Um, so yeah, I, I had, again, the full range. It was not a heavily traveled road, but there was a range of people that stopped to offer support or you know ask if I needed something. Um, that is great. I learned a very valuable lesson in what the human eye does. And it's also something I experienced of what I'd heard in a driving course I took through work one time was, you know, if you're in a skid or if you're in the snow, look where you want to go and your body and your hands will move towards what you're looking at. So I was trying to follow that advice and 
well, saved myself from ending up in the bottom of the lake by doing it. So, hey, hooray, Rockface. Thank you. But also, if there's a vehicle stop, you know, I'm sure everybody has been who's been driving or even been a passenger has been in some type of traffic where there are flashing lights on the side of the road and there's a multiple mile or kilometer backup because there's flashing lights on the side of the road. Not great, but if that's what you're paying attention to, like that's where your attention is, your attention is there. That's where you may steer into. So in treacherous or challenging road conditions, like in the snow, my car was stopped. And I wasn't that far off the road. Me standing by the road, it is very well within the realm of possibility. Somebody else coming around the corner the other way may have also lost control or lost traction and slid and hit my car, which is right where I was standing to try and wave people down. So after a little bit, it wasn't something that I logically thought about. It was more of a feeling that, hey, I should put my blanket on, put my winter boots on. And uh, I just walked up the road a little bit uh, up the hill so that if anybody had come in either way, they were not going to lose control. And again, it was snow, lose control, slide through the snow and take me out because my car was there, which was now providing something for their eyes to hook on. I think visual distraction is the word I've heard around here uh, or term, uh, but that was no longer possible. They may have slid and taken out my car, but they weren't also going to take out me. And I know from just hearing different stories, uh, that's a thing of, you know, motorist on the side of the road, someone stops to help and then someone crashes into the back of the no longer moving vehicle or hits somebody who's gone out to help. So that's a thing. Um, being aware of that just so that one doesn't find themselves in a situation where, hey, I stopped to help. Um, check that out. Somebody stopped up and stopped their car in the middle of the road. Um, it was great. I was like, thank you. I appreciate it. Um, also, like, please, please, please keep moving. It is dark. Not everyone can see. Like, the last thing we need is somebody else to get crashed into or severely injured trying to stop and assist. All right. I think that is most of the stuff that I had. That's all my little checklist things here that I made notes about to discuss. Um, yeah, it can be a challenge. It's it's not something you anticipate is, I'm going to go be in a car wreck today, and uh, that'll take up my next week, two, dealing with. Uh, but if you do find yourself in the situation, this is just some stuff that you, some things I learned that may provide useful. Um, you know, again, as with everything here, feel free to take it or leave it. Uh, this is provided for information just to share wisdom from my journey and my experiences. Uh, I'd be super curious to hear anybody else's if you've been in a similar situation, how it worked out, what you learned, if your experience was similar or not. Um, yeah, there, I think there's a lot that we can all learn from each other and a lot that uh, can be shared from situations that people don't expect to find themselves in. And I wanted to tie that into another aspect of the purpose and goal with the podcast, the vision call it, is to to share stories, to demystify, destigmatize things around situations you may not expect to find yourself in. Like there's nothing wrong with being in a car crash. I mean, you can get injured, but these things happen. So, you know, sharing a little bit about this, yeah, it's not the my favorite topic of conversation, um, but if there's information in here or something that somebody can learn or even just like, hey, don't stop your car in the middle of the road to go and check on someone, pull over to a place, get out when 
uh, you feel comfortable to do so, um, that in in and of itself is is a huge benefit. So, yeah. All right. I want to thank everybody out there for listening. This has uh, been an interesting one to record. A lot of memories of that day and the subsequent days are uh, coming up for me right now. Uh, but it was something that happened, um, neither good nor bad. It ha- it did uh, shape my life for the next little while. Uh, has definitely changed some perspective, given me a new appreciation and comprehension of things and of what people experience in different situations. So if you are a first responder uh, and like me, a, a volunteer, or you did it for work, uh, took your woofer, took your first aid, whatever it might be, um, some things to maybe think about. All right. Thank you so much for staying with me through the end, friends. This was a fun episode to record. As always, I hope you're inspired and empowered to perhaps try something new or look at things in a different way. If you know someone else that you think might benefit from listening to this, please share it with them, whether it's a friend, neighbor, colleague, family member, whomever it may be. There's a lot of great information out there, and there's a lot of people who can benefit from from hearing what we're talking about here. Thank you so much for spending part of your day with me. I hope you do have a wonderful day or evening. I hope you get a chance to get outside in nature today. And a last favor, if you do get a chance, please leave a review on whichever podcast platform you're listening to this to. That helps me out and uh, helps get the ratings up so more people can find out about it. All right. Have a wonderful day wherever you are. We'll catch you on the flip-flop.